0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Are you expecting something miraculous to happen at your church service this weekend? If your answer is probably not, Pastor Ray wants you to know why not. In this eye-opening eight-day series entitled, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders, Pastor opens to the Book of Acts, where we see these things were a daily part of the lives of the apostles and their disciples. If, as Pastor teaches, the Book of Acts is prophecy of us as the New Testament church and what God meant us to be, we too should be seeing miracles, signs, and wonders on a daily basis. But nothing could be further from the truth. Pastor explains that despite the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the church's teachings on the power of prayer, and God's anointing on us and in us, many New Testament churches still operate without the power of miracles, signs, and wonders. Here's Pastor with more on holy boldness and hunger for the miraculous.
1: The only way that you and I can really test whether someone is real is two two things. By the word and by the witness. By the word and by the witness. First of all, you have to have the word. You have to know the word. Because the more you know the word, the stronger the witness will be in your heart. And what John is addressing here, he says that anointing that's in you which you have received from him, from God abides in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you, but the same anointing teaches you all things. So he's going to reveal all things, he's going to teach all things. The only true way, again, that you and I can distinguish between truth and error, right and wrong, the real and the fake, is by the word and the witness in my spirit, in your spirit. That's why I say, if you're, if you, uh, you're sitting in a meeting and something just doesn't, you know witness right in your spirit you you should check that out go back to the word go back to prayer as you meet people out in the in the street you'd be surprised how many people have come to me you know and knocked on my door claiming to be a believer and the next thing out of their mouth is can you lend me money <laughs> or can you can you help me you know help usually translates into dollars Now, sometimes there are real people that are having a hard time and need the help of God. And sometimes people are phonies. How are you going to distinguish the difference? Well, the Bible teaches us through this anointing that's in us, we can know all things. We can distinguish right from wrong, good from evil, error from truth, the real from the unreal, the ones who are really sheep and those who are are sheep in wolves' clothing by the anointing that's in us. And um, and that that is got that has to be the acid test the word and the witness, and then the second part of it when he says that in verse twenty seven that you don't have uh, you've received um, the anointing you've received from him abides in you and you don't need anyone to teach you but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and it's true and not a lie. Um, what he's saying is that although you may have a teacher like I'm your teacher I'm your pastor I'm your teacher really that's what a pastor is he's a pas- pastor teacher. Even though I'm your, I'm your teacher, I'm your pastor, um, it is not me who's teaching, it's the Holy Spirit who causes truth to become real in your heart. That's why I can preach, I can preach to five, six, people or whatever it is on a given weekend or week, uh, I can give a message, and that message can mean 700 things to 700 different people. Well, one man could never do that. That can only be done by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, When you're in the book and you're studying and you're reading, yes, you rely on the the teacher. That doesn't mean we wipe out the teacher because the teacher is a gift to the body of Christ. But every good teacher of the word understands and knows and realizes that it is not him. It's the anointing that's in him. It's the Holy Spirit in him that is really doing the the teaching. And it's the anointing in you that's causing you to learn. So this anointing that's in us is so important to understand. Now let me give you, can I give you a couple of verses here? Um, God will lead us in many, many ways, dear friends. God will lead us in many ways. He leads through prophets. He leads through dreams. He leads through visions. I want to make this perfectly clear. But the number one way that God will lead you is by the inward witness. That still, small voice that he speaks to us every single day of our lives. I don't always have someone who's got a word for me. I may need a word. I can't run around trying to find another human to give me a word. I can get a word from God directly to me. If I need to make a decision, I can't wait for somebody to tell me what to do. I can get a word from God as I get down on my face and say, Lord, I need direction. Why? Because I have this anointing in me. And he reveals and he teaches and he opens up our understanding and he leads us and he guides us by this anointing that's in us. That's why I, 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 you know, I like to teach this and encourage people. Don't try to be led by prophets. If a prophet comes along and has a word for you, praise God, hallelujah, receive it if it bears witness with your heart but that's not what you ought to be seeking. You ought to be seeking the Holy Spirit and his wisdom for you because he's got the greatest information and he wants to bring it to you directly. Now, he will work through it. I, myself, I, my, my years, I have had some words spoken over me by prophets that changed my life forever. I mean, help me to understand some things, but then I've had some people speak some things to me that I just know are not of God. And I had to discern between those. How can you do that? The only way you can do that is by the anointing that's within you. The anointing in you. God put that safeguard in every one of us so that we would be able to distinguish right from wrong, good from evil, truth from deception. That's why John says in that verse 27, these things I've written you concerning those who try to deceive you. Because there are deceivers out there. And the only true way that we can pre- prevent ourselves is to understand that there is an anointing in us to help us, to guide us, to open up the eyes of our understanding. And sometimes you may be the only one in a group who says, you know, it's just something wrong. And <laughs> we say, you're nuts. You owe it to yourself and to God to obey that voice and to seek it out. Now, you might be wrong but you need to seek it out, test it against the Holy Spirit that's in you. Test it against the word of God because, folks, let me tell you what. The final authority aren't the goosebumps. The final authority isn't even the prophet that speaks the prophecy or the teacher that teaches the message or whatever, the preacher that preaches. The final authority to everything is the word of God. And if it doesn't measure up to the word, It doesn't measure up. That's why we need to be students of the word. That's why we need to spend as much time as we can in getting the word in our heart. Because the more word we have, the more God can guide us and direct us, the more we're going to be able to, that discernment, that that anointing is going to work in us even stronger because we're going to know, we're going to be able to discern, say, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And I think the most important thing that God, I think one of the main reasons why he has anointed us is so that we can be wise and strong and be able to navigate through this, this life without falling into booby traps. I don't want to fall into any booby traps. I've fallen into enough booby traps in my life. How about you? I don't have time for any more booby traps. I want to avoid, and the Holy Ghost, by the anointing that's in us, can help us to avoid every booby trap that the enemy or any other person might set uh, for us. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. Help me, I'm preaching better than you're helping me here by saying amen. My, my preaching is better than your amens. <laughs> now you're laughing at me. <laughs> your laughter is better than my preaching. No, hallelujah. <laughs> the anointing on you. Now let me just show you, I wanna back this up with a couple verses We have a few minutes here. Go back to the book of Acts. Man, I'll tell you what. Study the book of Acts. Study the book of Acts. You're gonna learn so much in the book of Acts. Go to Acts 13. And let's just look at these. How how God led and directed the people, I and mean, He did it in so many ways. He used a prophet. He used the vision. He used the dream, and he, and he, and we see that He He used the st- small still voice within them, and that He used many times throughout the whole uh, book of Acts. And you see here in Acts thirteen, um, chapter. Let's go to chapter uh, thirteen, and verse two we'll go to verse one it said now in the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers Barnabas Barnabas Simeon uh, who was called Niger Lucius of Cyrene Manan who was who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul and this is to verse two it says as they ministered to the Lord and fasted in other words they were in a time of prayer in other words they needed some direction so they got serious is everybody with me They got serious as as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They were really serious because they fasted on top of ministering to the Lord. Says as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. So we see as they got in the presence of God and they fasted and they prayed and they sought God, the Holy Ghost spoke and gave them specific orders to let these men go and uh, and, and to preach the gospel. So we see very very clearly here how the Holy Spirit will speak to us directly. Some may say, well, how am I going to know when the Holy Ghost speaks to me? The only way I can describe it, it's a small still voice that doesn't go away on the inside. It's like, you know, maybe some of you have experienced this. You get up in the morning and you just happen to think about sister so-and-so and and you just have this impression that I need to call sister so-and-so and And you don't do it. And then about an hour later, it comes up again. Call sister so-and-so. And then you don't do it. And then a couple of hours later, it comes up again. Call Sister So-and-so. And sometimes we don't obey. And then Sister So-and-so calls us and said, you know, this is what happened to me. I had a car accident at this time of the day. And he said, oh my gosh, I, you were on my heart all morning long and I, all day long and I didn't call you. I was disobedient. How many people know what I'm talking about? We've all been there in some way. Well, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. It's a small, still, gentle voice. I like that verse and I don't have time to get over to it, but um, I think I have it typed out here. Yeah, yeah, let me just read this to you. I always refer to this. First Kings, is anybody getting anything out of this when i just preaching to myself? 1 Kings chapter 19, 11, and 12. God's revelation to it. Then he said, this is what he said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12. And, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. The Lord was passing by, and all these things were happening, but God was not in any of it. And after the fire, a still small voice. And if you read on, it says, Then Elijah knew what to do, and he went and he stood on the mountain. Amen. It was a still small voice. That's the only way you can describe God speaking to you. It's a small, still, gentle voice that nudges, that directs, that leads us on. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Have you ever ever experienced it? And the reason why you have that is because you have the anointing in you. Say, I have the anointing in me. So the Holy Ghost said, separate me. They separated and they went. Acts chapter Um, 10 go back Um, and we see in Acts chapter 10 that Peter had a vision and uh, let me get Peter's vision and verse 9 says next day they went on their way journey drew uh, near to the city Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour then he became very hungry and wanted to eat But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. He saw a vision. This is called an open vision. In other words, he wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. It was an open vision. His eyes were open. He fell into a trance. Down comes something that appeared to be a sheet and God begins to give him this open vision. And he said, in it were all kinds of four-footed animals on the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything uncommon or unclean, talking about pork, because it was against the Jewish law. And he said, and the voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed you must not call common. And this was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant. Now you see, God still works in the realm of visions. God still will give a believer a vision. You'll just, something will just pop before you, you'll see it. It's like it's real. Some of them are open, some of them are closed. In other words, sometimes you close your eyes and you see something with your eyes closed. But this was an open one. His eyes were open and he literally saw something drop before him. But yet he was in a trance-like state. So he's questioning, what was this? And he said, behold, the men who had uh, been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, verse 19, the spirit said to him, even though he had a vision, he still was seeking God. He was testing it against the witness on the inside. The Spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So he's thinking about this vision. God has a message for him that there are three men waiting for him. The Holy Spirit will speak to us individually. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us direction. Then Peter went down with the men who had been uh, sent from Cornelius and said, "Uh, yes, I am Uh, he whom you seek for what reason have you come and they said Cornelius a centurion a just man one who fears God has a good reputation you read it down the the bottom line to it is as a result of the vision and as a result of the Holy Spirit speaking to him all of Cornelius' house got saved and God showed him there were three men waiting to take him to Cornelius' house because Cornelius was inquiring of everything that had been happening isn't that awesome The Holy Spirit, let me tell you what, when the Holy Spirit speaks, there are going to be results. I mean, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he's going to give you wisdom and direction that's going to bring forth results. Think about it, we're trying to get people saved. He didn't even have to work at it. The Holy Spirit already arranged the whole thing. All all he had to do was obey. Listen, listen to what the Holy Spirit was speaking to him and then jump on it and bam, Cornelius' house got saved. Ooh, we don't even have to work at it. God will lead us and guide us and direct us exactly where we need to be. Why? Why? You tell me, why? Because we have the anointing in us. Come on, students, help me. I'm teaching my heart out and you're not getting it. Because we have the anointing in us, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. That gentle, still voice, right? You can write down Acts 16, 6 and 7, And it said that when these men had gone through uh, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they tried to, to move on, but the Spirit did not permit them. You can study it later. They were being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be actively involved in leading us and guiding us. And this anointing that's in us is there for that purpose and that reason to teach us, to guide us, to help us. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the helper. He's not the doer, he's the helper. So, the Holy Spirit wants to uh, guide us, wants to lead us, and um, I didn't get to the last part of what I wanted to tonight, but I'll just give it to you just, just quickly, the, the anointing that's through you, because next week I want to move on in the book of Acts. But the anointing that works through you—this is this is virtue or power. I'll just give you these verses, and you can look at them. Uh, Acts chapter five, verse twelve through sixteen. It says, "And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the of the rest uh, dared join them, but in the people. N- yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women." So that they brought, listen to verse 15, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at, le- at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And it says, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bring the sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed by the shadow. of. That's the anointing that's coming out of you. Amen. Even the shadow of Peter that fell upon people were just his shadow. He didn't have to touch them, didn't have to pray a prayer, didn't have to command, shout, yell, cast out a demon. Just his shadow drove away sicknesses and unclean spirits and tormenting spirits away from people. Just his shadow. That's the anointing that's coming out of us. Acts 19, 11 and 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. So here Paul is preaching and they, they, they you know, there were certain people couldn't be at that, that, that preaching meeting at that, that meeting so they ripped handkerchiefs and napkins away from Paul and took them to the sick and it healed people. Why? Because that anointing that's coming out of you is tangible. Many times when I'm praying for people on a prayer line, I can feel the anointing. Has anyone here ever prayed for someone and felt the anointing leaving your hands? It's tangible. I remember some time ago, uh, many years ago, when I was first getting all into, getting into this, I was at my sister's house and she had a girlfriend there and we were talking. I don't know if you remember this, It was Meg and we were in the kitchen and we were talking and I was talking about all this stuff about the powers of God and and you know at that time we were uh, it was, I was all this was all new to me but we were we were having these blowout meetings in the church, um, you know the Assemblies of God Church, and I, I had started praying for people, and people were falling under the power. And I was so excited. I thought, praise God, man, I'm going to have a healing ministry. I'm going all over the world. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little Smith Wigglesworth <laughs> in the making. I figured, man, this is it. This is the beginning of big days because I laid my hands on some people, and they fell out in the spirit. So I was at my sister's house, and her girlfriend was there, and we were talking about these things. She nah, said, I don't believe that. I said, stand up. I'm going to pray for you right now. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. She stood up and I laid my hands on her and she started going like this. She fell back. She said, Whoa, wow, I feel something. What do I feel? I said, That's the anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't you deny God's anointing. She said, Woo. Oh, she jumped back. She almost, so, 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 you, <laughs> so, this anointing is tangible. And uh, so Paul's preaching and they take the, the napkins and bring them to sick people. And remember, how many of you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? I got to finish up. But Smith, Smith Wigglesworth uh, told a story about a woman who was sick on the other side of the world. He was from England. She was, I don't know where she was. She was on the other side of the world. And she had heard about Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. Anyway, I don't, I don't remember all the details of the story because it was a long time ago that I read the book. But somehow... He took a napkin, prayed over it, put it in an envelope, sent it to her. She, they took the napkin, put it under the pillow of the sick woman who was sick with some sort of a, a deathly Ill, illness, and all of a sudden, and this is the account. I'm not making this up. You can read it. Smith Wigglesworth was an awesome man of God who demonstrated the powers of God. Under his ministry, the last I heard, if my information is correct, he raised 21 people from the dead. That's, that's the best information I have. I might be incorrect, but that was the information that I received, and that's the best information I have. And they say to put, the, put that napkin under the pillow of that woman, and that woman just jumped right off the bed. The power just hit her in her body, jumped off the bed, and started to dance in the bedroom. The anointing is tangible, and it's transferable. That's why when we call people up for prayer, it's a transference of the anointing that's in a man or a woman of God to that person who is
0: receiving. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.